Here's the show that loves to talk about gadgets and gizmos, from A-Logic to Yamaha. Cameras to control panels. You get what I mean. We love talking all things techie. In fact, that's the name of the show. And here is your host, Justin Dawson. Hello again, and welcome to our weekly program of all things techie. I am your host, Justin Dawson, where we talk... What has happened in the week in tech and audiovisual? And if you'd like to get in contact with us, here's how you can do so. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. All Things Techie Podcast. Yes, you can contact us on Twitter at AB Tech Junkies or my personal handle is at Justin or Dawson. We are also on YouTube. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode. All Things Techie Podcast. Yes, we're on YouTube as well. If you are inclined to watch the program, which is always good because sometimes we talk about tech and it's hard to explain it in an audio context. So we are available wherever you get your podcast. Please click on the subscribe button and we're also on YouTube. If you look up all things techie podcast, you will see that we are nearly reaching 5,000 subscribers. Very excited about that. Thank you for tuning in. We have a great program today. We are going to be talking to Kevin Donnelly from Sony. Uh, Didn't get a chance to visit the Sony booth and do a recording while at Integrated Systems Europe ISE uh, 2013. I'm going back in time. 2023 ISE 2023 there. That happened earlier in the month. Um, I didn't get a chance to go over to Sony. And also, we're going to be talking about Just Add Power, um, another great control system and literally just networking up AV over IP. We are talking to the CEO and founder of Just Add Power. That's coming up later on All Things Techie. Follow on Apple Podcasts. All Things Techie Podcast. Well, what's happen- been happening in the world of audio Vigil and tech. Amazon is the latest company to bring back staff to the office uh, three days a week. You know what? Like, this really bugs me. This really grinds my gears, listeners. The fact that a lot of these tech companies during COVID and lockdowns, it's like, work from home. We don't mind. We're a tech company. We can support working from home. We're Amazon. We're Microsoft. We're whoever. And then COVID ends and it's like, Get back to work. Get back into the office. Twitter, of course, Elon Musk and famous of doing that as well. Um, loads of these tech companies that have laid off staff, they're using this as a great excuse as well. Either you get back into work and get back into the office, we pay you or else uh, you're sacked. Hmm. Love to hear what your thoughts is of it. Employees will be expected to work from the office three days a week uh, starting in May. Amazon employees will be expected to work from the office at least three days per week starting May the 1st, according to an email by CEO Andy Jazzy uh, sent to staff posted on the company's blog. Previously, it was up to individual teams to decide their in-office policies. See, we're a bit different here in Ireland that 
we have written some laws into effect about working from home. And I'll post some of that information on our show notes um, on the All Thing Techie uh, podcast website. Jazzy says the company's leadership team decided to change the policy after observing that it's easier to strengthen Amazon's culture, collaborate on ideas and learn from others in person. Again, listeners, love to hear your thoughts um, about the hybrid model, working from home or working in the office. He acknowledges that some roles will be ha- have will be some exceptions to the policy, like some salespeople and customer support, but that it will be a small minority. It's not simple to bring many thousands of employees back to our offices around the world, so we're going to give them the teams the need to do that work sometime and develop a plan, Jazzy says. We will know well, even though he says we're going to develop a plan, they want to do this by May. Um, we know that it will, won't be perfect at first, but the office experience will be steadily improved over the coming months and years as our real estate and facilities teams smooth out the wrinkles and ultimately keep evolving how we want our offices to be set up to capture the new ways we want to work. In moving to three days a week office structure, Amazon joins companies like Apple and Starbucks that have already done so. Walmart's tech staff will need to come into the office twice a week, while Disney will require four days in the office starting in March. Let us know what you think about these uh, these new rules and um, tech companies asking people to come back to work after COVID, after saying, well, now I know actually a friend of mine who works in a tech sector who was told, Oh, yeah, you can work remotely all the time. So he moved to County Donegal. He's originally from Dublin. He's engaged to someone up in Donegal. And now his company is asking him to return to the workplace after he moved to Donegal and he has a job in Dublin, but he was told, you can work from home. You can work remotely. That's a bit of a stinger. And he's still trying to negotiate things. So let us want to know what you think, listeners. I'd love to hear your comments on this. You can tweet us at Justin or Dawson as my personal Twitter account or at AV Tech Junkies is the Twitter <clears throat> Twitter handle for uh, All Things Techie uh, podcast as well. Or you can visit our website, www.allthingstech.e and use the comment box there. Make sure to leave a review. This makes our day and fuels future episodes. All Things Techie Podcast. Now, since we last spoke, the Super Bowl happened last week. And of course, our podcast came out on the day of the Super Bowl. But uh, I didn't get to watch the Super Bowl. It was late at night. Yes, I have it recorded. Might watch the halftime show, like to see the tech that's involved in audiovisual in that context. But a tech CEO has spent over $600,000 on a Super Bowl ad to warn America about Tesla's self-driving technology. Dan O'Dowd thinks your child's safety is worth over half a billion dollars of his money. Sandwiched between the irrelevant and always ultra expensive Super Bowl ads this year was a commercial from Dan's, his own Dawn project, calling for the immediate ban of Tesla's full self-driving feature, uh, the FSD feature. The 30-second ad, which was an organization confirmed to CNN, cost almost $600,000 to run. It's his latest attack on Elon Musk in a year-long campaign by the Green Hill software CEO to galvanize public opposition to FSD, full self-driving cars. I am 
trying to remove the worst, most incompetently designed, developed and tested automotive product on the market, he said in a tweet on Sunday, calling for the US government to mandate the deactivation of Tesla's FSD until suppose deficits are fixed or defects are fixed rather. Tesla did not respond to an inquiry by Fortune uh, magazine about the Dorn's Project Super Bowl ad. Now, you don't have to pay $600,000 to uh, have this ad on All Things Techie. We're going to play it. Not saying that I support the ad or I'm against the ad. I just want our listeners' thoughts. And if you are watching this on YouTube as well, you will see the ad in full effect. Uh, but I am going to give my comments about it afterwards. And these are my personal comments. They don't represent anyone else other than myself. Tesla full self-driving will run down a child in a school crosswalk, swerve into oncoming traffic, hit a baby in a stroller, go straight past stop school buses, ignore do not enter signs, and even drive on the wrong side of the road. Tesla's full self-driving is endangering the public with deceptive marketing and woefully inept engineering. 90% agree that this should be banned immediately. Why does NHTSA allow Tesla full self-driving? That's the ad. It's 30 seconds. It makes you question. There's a lot in the adverse of the Tesla's cars hit, hitting uh, dummies. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is it a bit of propaganda that the Super Bowl allowed to play out? Like... I don't I don't watch Super Bowl ads that much during the the final of uh, the American football but to me that that looks like very political um a lot to spend if if for the, uh, the tech CEO um Dan O'Dowd and about child safety it's interesting that he wanted to go that far he really feels passionate about it obviously um but is self-driving cars here to stay? I'd love to interview Dan O'Dowd and see what he thinks about these type of things. Dan, if you're listening, welcome to the program. You're you're welcome to come on air and, and discuss it with us. It's it's a lot of money uh, for on his Dawn project. Uh, the Dawn project was founded by Dan O'Dowd, the world's leading expert in creating software that never fails and can't be hacked. Dan created a secure operation systems for projects including Boeing 787s, Lockhead, Lockheed Martin's F-35 fighter jets, the Boeing B-1B Intercontinental Nuclear Bomber, and NASA's Orion Crew Exploration Vehicle. Dan has been a pioneer of the making safety-critical software systems unhackable since stays at California Institute of Technology, Caltech. Dan graduated from Caltech in 1976 with a Bachelor of Science in Engineering. Now Dan is a recipient of the Caltech Distinguished Alumni Award, which is the highest honorary which Caltech bestows upon a graduate. Um, and <laughs> Dan T- DawnProject.com uh, is the website. Um, campaigns that he is on is, of course, against Tesla and loads of articles there about don't be a Tesla crash test dummy. Loads of articles, advertising campaign, unsafe at any speed. Um, Elon Musk broken promises. He's he's very much against Elon Musk. <laughs> There's a lot of people against Elon Musk. Um, is Tesla joined a Ponzi scheme, a test track, and uh, how to contact the Dawn Project and the Dawn methodology? 
uh, about the founder, Dan O'Dowd, um, general questions of and answers um, about cyber attacks. I, I, I once watched a documentary about cars being hacked, not just Tesla's, cars being hacked. And it was quite scary. It <laughs> the fact that people could hack into cars that are computer driven and override the steering wheel. <laughs> I'm not making this stuff up, listeners. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you're over in America and you watch the Super Bowl and you've seen this ad or you've heard of the Dawn Project before, love to hear your comments. Positive, negative, your thoughts. Uh, contact the Old Teens Techie Podcast. Here's how you do it. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. All Things Techie Podcast. We're on Twitter at AV Tech Junkies and my personal uh, Twitter handle is at Justin or Dawson. Love to hear from you. Uh, we'll also stream our programs on LinkedIn, on YouTube and available wherever you get your podcast as well. We had some problems before with tech and digital signage at airports. Well, Lufthansa has a tech failure that leaves planes grounded during the week. More than 200 flights were cancelled at Frankfurt Airport after construction work damaged broadband cables and caused check-in and boarding problems for German airline Lufthansa. Uh, the airline said all of its systems are now back up. Earlier on Wednesday during the week, thousands of passengers were left stranded as their flights were cancelled or delayed across the world. The airline expects flights from Frankfurt to return to normal on Thursday. The company said engineering works on railway line mistakenly cut a bundle of cables at Frankfurt on Tuesday. Always label your cables. It had asked customers flying on domestic flights to book train tickets and said customers could ask for a refund on its website. We are working on a solution swiftly, Lufthansa tweeted. More than 100 flights have also been delayed, according to data from the flight tracking website FlightAware. Some travellers on social media claimed the German airline switched to using pen and paper to organise boarding and was not able to digitally process baggage. What did we do before computers? <laughs> Once customer tweeted that Frankfurt airport staff were only assisting individuals that were manually checked in. Um, Others said they were confused about how to get their refunds and had not been received any support from the company. The fans are asked effective passengers to check the status of their flight on the company's app or website before arriving at the airport. Uh, hopefully they have sorted everything out since then. Now, Sony um, didn't get it across to Sony's booth at ISE just because I was so busy recording different things, listeners. But Sony Electronics announced two 4K IP-based pan-tilt-zoom cameras featuring pan-tilt-zoom auto-framing with AI analytics. Uh, Sony is explaining its lineup of pan-tilt-zoom PTZ cameras with the addition of two 4K models with built-in AI analytics. The SRG A40 and the SRG A12 cameras automatically and consistently track and naturally frame presenters, regardless of movement or posture, for seamless content creation and control, all without operating a computer. The new Pantel Zoom auto framing technology features automatic operations for quick object tracking and rediscovery, as well as multiple auto framing options. Highlights of the camera include image quality with automation, the flexibility of IP, powerful zoom, remote control, and easy configuration and option. They're ideal for education, 
corporate, medical, government, broadcast and faith applications, as well as live events. Um, both the SRG A40 and SRG A12 adopt a highly sensitive Exmor or CMOS sensor for high quality, naturally vivid images and less noise that support 4K, 30p and 4 full HD 60p. Well, earlier in the week, I caught up with Kevin Donnelly from Sony to tell us more. Kevin, great to have you once again on the All Things much. Techie yeah. podcast. Um, it, I, I was laughing that we did one with display note uh, during the week uh, of ISE, where it takes uh, Irish guys to go over to Barcelona to go and talk tech, where we could just do this back in Ireland. But yeah. we're doing it without the boots, but you've got to explain to me some of the new unveilings that Sony had at ISE. Um, a busy week for you, I believe. Yes, very busy, very busy week. Uh, a couple of new things. Um, some stuff, unfortunately, I can't quite talk about yet, but um, Don't worry, I would just I say watch ideas. this space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, I have the idea. Um, but certainly what, from what I can talk about, there's some really interesting stuff. You just flashed up the, the, the PR release on the, on the new A12 and A40 cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, they are brilliant. Um, so it's an AI engine uh, built into the camera so it does auto tracking and auto framing so it's uh, it's taken some of the experience from obviously camera operators but also our edge analytics appliance box and it's putting it into the camera itself so basically you log into the ui of the camera and you set up the ptz tracking areas and uh, effectively you can set up full body half body or close-up uh, tracking and uh, yeah it's really really smooth really effective you can set the framing. So if you want the person framed left of center or right of center or in the middle and uh, really smooth, really quick tracking. And it's because it's using AI, what it'll do is it'll effectively take a picture of, of, the, of the person's face and then it will look at like clothing patterns, skeletal shape and stuff like that. And because it's AI, it's anticipating. So if, if the hips or the shoulders move, the camera says, oh, we're getting ready to track. Mm-hmm. And, and if the camera is then ready to move, so that's why the motion is smoother. It's not, it's not like the person is, is almost out of frame before the, before the camera starts to move. It's anticipating the movement because it's seeing the shoulders or the hips turn. So it's really, really good camera. Really because good, we've um, seen tracker. some similar things before, Kevin, where we've had like tracking and then especially in boardroom scenarios where people are sitting side by side and then all of a sudden it's accidentally picking up the uh, the person beside uh, mm-hmm. beside you. You're saying that these cameras can can detect even better. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's more designed for your kind of town hall or lecture theater space and education rather than corporate boardroom. Um, so it's it's tracking one person, and even because it's taking a picture of the person, uh, it's not. You know, if you walked in front of me, it wouldn't it wouldn't take you instead of me because obviously it says, oh, that's not my that's not the face that I'm supposed to be tracking. Now, obviously, once you go outside the, the, the predetermined track zone, it will reset. And how, how quickly is that resetting? Uh, like if, if, for example, if you, if you did have to, a co-host or if you did have, have a second mm-hmm. guest speaker and you're using this in the likes of a, a lecture theatre and you're welcoming a guest, would they, it be quick enough to realise, oh, well, that's the main speaker now? It's, it's, it's definable, it's user definable in the UI. So basically, if I stood up to introduce you, I'd have to walk off the tracked 
uh, the, the, the track zone, and then it, it can reset within one to 10 to 15 to 20 seconds. So you can define that. So if you set it to, to re reset itself within one second, by the time you got up and were at the podium ready to talk, it would be ready to catch you. Lovely. Uh, wh what type of connections have we got at the back of these? Uh, the 4K ready. Um... 4K, yeah. So it's a HDMI, SDI, NIP with NDI, uh, SRT and RTSP. Wow. So you're doing, you're doing the full works on, on these cameras, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. And of course, if you want them in black or white, you can get them in. Or black it, or white, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's. Yeah, no, like... They're very, um, very impressive piece of kit. Now, I was well impressed. Yeah. So apart from that, uh, Sony has announced four crystal LED displays, the bright and the rich BH series. You've, you've, you've expanded yes. on BH series. Yeah. So basically, yeah, this is our third generation of what we call crystal LED. So uh, we had the, the original that we showed from, I think it was 2017 was my first ISE with Sony. I believe that was the first time it was on the actual stand. Uh, so up to, up to 2020. And then in 21, we launched the, the B and the C. And now this is the next generation BH and CH. So 1.2 and 1.5 mil micro LED. Uh, we've made some improvements. So the cabinet is easier to install. It's lighter it's thinner and it's it's about 20% more energy efficient than the old one. So we're 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 pushing on our sustainability message with that as well. One of the one of the key things from from even from the last gen was the heat output is really low and we've kept that in the new one but also improved the installation process for for the integrators. I I was involved in installing one of the old C series in my office and it was it's a little bit awkward, let's just say. Whereas this one, it's uh, it's very very simple installation. Now we're not um, going back again, to the old fashioned uh, <laughs> uh, previous episodes of Kevin with, claiming his CTSD and what he used to do with, with, <laughs> with TV and tubes with his dad, but it wasn't that difficult. Now, no, was it, no, 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 um, no, no. It wasn't quite that bad, but uh, it was so so, many, again. so many... again the C series for contrast, sorry, and B for brightness, sorry, yeah. Yeah, but Sony, Sony is then really going on the flagship of this sustainability and energy efficiency uh, models because it is so important. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, like with, with government, like there is, there's SAVE, S-A-V-E, uh, A-V, that's in the States. I think, I think that we're doing a couple of boots at the Influencer Lounge at ISC as well. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's... With with the prices of electricity and uh, going up in 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 buildings and across Ireland, um, you 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 can show the stats then with with Sony claiming absolutely yeah 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 they we did some kind of engineering testing and they reckon that on energy alone let's say a four K unit across three years would save over thirty thousand sterling thirty thousand euro in energy, wow. um, against some of the competition so they're really pushing this. Um, and again, not only the, the energy usage of the LED itself, but because it's so efficient, it runs very, very cool, which was something that we were noted for in the previous model as well. So you don't need so much air handling within the room because one of the drawbacks with LED is the heat that it pumps out, mm -hmm. whereas we're, uh, we're more efficient in that it doesn't pump out so much heat because it has some natural ventilation and stuff like that. So the energy costs for the room itself then come down as well, not just from the LED. Now, you, in your press releases, following the pandemic, helping business prepare for the future of work is important to Sony. Um, 
So, however, 58% of employees surveyed by Sony say businesses do not have the tools to support their way of working. So, Sony's been really pushing ISE and uh, going forward, you have a couple of things that are um, on the pipelines to, to help businesses. Well, those, those definitely those panel zoom cameras are going to be a way of helping businesses. Absolutely. But what, what, what else have you got in your toolbox? So, um, so we, we, a couple of years ago, we launched a solution called TIOS, which has kind of come from strength to strength. So the latest um, releases, we're, we're doing a lot more in terms of the analytics and reporting. So your meeting room usage statistics, energy usage statistics, and then helping, helping facilities see, you know, at a, at a, a more granular level, what's happening in a building so they can improve, improve operations. Um, so TIOS is kind of signage, wayfinding, virtual reception, desk booking, even car park booking. Um, but we are adding in some other features then around kind of catering support and billing through different cost centers. But also then for the for the building usage, we're uh, we're tying in with some BMS type systems to get some more feedback in terms of what's happening in the rooms, so you can improve that uh, that usage. So, you know, you can see stats around like least used rooms and most used rooms. So if a room isn't being used much, you know, basically can find out why and, and make better use of the space. I think I think that's important. Like, it seems like there was a lot at ISE. I, I felt though that with this ISE, and this is my first year of going to ISE in the fear in Barcelona. I don't know, were you at the ISEs during the COVID pandemic? But yeah, it, seems, me. it seems that... Like great, great venue, but it seemed that you know you just had to turn your back, and then your competitors were right behind you in, in another booth. Um, compared yeah. to in Amsterdam, a bit more, you could you could say that like Sony was one end and your competitor was the other end of the hall. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But what I really found in that hall was a lot of the. The TV brands Sony, Panasonic, and LG, and so forth. There's a big push, not just for you know meeting rooms and cameras, but the whole idea of TV broadcasting has gone phenomenal. With mm-hmm. the whole idea of this immersive type of display, Sony Sony was touching on a bit of that as well. Yeah, well, I, I mean, again, we're we're kind of looking at as. You know, one of the things you'll see often, you know, when you're driving down the motorway, you'll pass a, a, an office building and it's just, you see screens are still on, but they're black or blue or something as it used to be with the projectors were always blue. <laughs> yes. So, so it's kind of looking at two things there, looking at either making use of the screens when the meeting room isn't, isn't being used for a meeting. Mm-hmm. So either having it default back to like a signage or an info screen, um, or then even taking taking it to to another level where we're, we're able to set it that, okay, if your meeting ends, leave the screen on for ten minutes, and then if no one comes in to use the room, then power it down. So you're looking at both pushing the messaging within the corporate environment, and also then looking at the energy efficiency where you don't necessarily want the screen on all day if the room isn't in use. So we're trying to trying to cover both bases really, mm-hmm. uh, looking at that. Looking at that, yeah, making more use of the screen in a, in a room. So if someone comes in, they can, you know, the corporate messaging is there. If people passing, they're they're getting the messaging. So you're allowing that that whole kind of, I suppose, corporate branding to be to be reinforced. But also, then you don't want stuff left on necessary unnecessarily. 
and and this is the key thing, you know, that there is <laughs> working higher ed, you see it all the time where things are left on and they're like, oh, well, it's a laser projector. Who cares? Mm. But, yeah. it, you know, <laughs> but, and it will last forever. But it is burning electricity constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and hope like I, I, I agree with you. The the whole idea of like, can this screen be used as a digital signage? Can it be used displaying a logo or something else instead? What I do find though is sometimes it can be in the troubleshooting context for the end user. Um, I, of course, Sony will work with all types of um control panels across the board, but sometimes you you send a command and it's like, well, if Sony's doing their own commands of going, if they, if the room isn't in use for such mm-hmm. a length of time, like for example, how without using any of the well-known brands of touch panels, how, how does the TV know that? Okay. I've been inactive for 15 minutes. Is there, is, is it, is it built in IR sensors or? Yeah. So there's, there's kind of two ways we can work it. The screen itself runs a, runs an SOC, so it has a lot of intelligence built in. So we can we can basically when there's no input, it'll default back to a status, and then it we can time that status, which is effectively signage for ten minutes. And if no new HDMI source comes along, then turn off. So a lot of that intelligence is built into our screens. Um, so we can do it that way, or using TIOS we can do it through TIOS as well. So TIOS connects into the calendar system. Okay. So basically yeah. what we can say is we can create if and or else rules. So, you know, if there's a meeting and there's nobody, no, no source present, then, uh, you know, sorry, if, there, if there's a meeting scheduled, turn on the screen. If there's a meeting and there's no source present, turn off, turn off the screen after, a, and then we put in a delay. So we can, you know, we can create those kind of logic rules within within TIOS that monitors the screens and talks to the calendars, or the screen itself has has intelligence built in that if if there's no signal detected, show the signage. If there's no signal detected after ten minutes of showing the signage, then turn off. Yeah, well, you know what? It it does actually take the the need and requirements for a touch panel to be in some rooms if you can program TIOS to do these. But sometimes they enthuse us yeah. like the, to be able to see the physical <laughs> touch panel to be able Absolutely. to turn things on and on, on off. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think in many ways in the kind of the smaller meeting rooms, the the need for a control system has has kind of gone because most meeting rooms now are becoming kind of MTR or Zoom rooms. So, you know, we can obviously with, you know, on and off with signal can be the simplest thing in, in it, built into most screens nowadays. So. If that's the case, then you press your, your Zoom interface, or if it's a being your own, you just get an on with signal from the HDMI. Um, you know, so that so I think for a lot of smaller spaces, there's no need for the full control system anymore. Obviously, in larger lecture theaters or large boardrooms, it still absolutely has its place. But uh, I think in the smaller spaces, you know, kind of four, six, eight person meeting rooms, I don't think there's there's much of a need of it anymore. Now, post-COVID, has Sony really caught up with the technology demands? You you say, okay, there was some new stuff at ISE, but uh, you're saying mm-hmm. that what's this space? There's going to be more maybe unveiled at Infocom? Uh, are we? Are we? Um, 
Infocom maybe not, or uh, maybe maybe maybe. Um, yeah, I, I think I think where we're looking at we're we're doing kind of we did a number of pieces of research around kind of during and post COVID how the way of the world of work is changing. Um, you referenced one there with the asynchronous work, so we're looking at that as sort of work 4.0 nearly at this stage. So it'll be more online whenever and wherever you like whereas kind of with hybrid it was more of online wherever you like mm -hmm. so asynchronous then is that whenever you like peace so you know it, it works around the person's life so you know, to give you an example some when I work from home I usually collect the kids so I try to you know kind of be with them for like an hour hour and a half when they get home from school before my wife comes home so I might then go back online once my wife is home for, for make up the time, the hour and a half or be online earlier. So it's around, it's more around that piece. It's more mm -hmm. around having the technology to be able to, to do that. So if the rest of my team are finished and got, gone for the day that I can still access the documents that I'm working on with them or that sort of stuff. So we're doing a lot of research around that. And it's more, it's, it's, some of it is more to see what we need to do internally as a large organization, you know, Sony globally employees, 10,000 odd people between all its various guises. Uh, so it's around seeing that and seeing what, what we need to develop in the future to make those things work. Now, really from a display screen manufacturer, probably not a lot, um, but certainly from a software manufacturer with systems like TIOS to be able to see, you know, okay, I, I missed some discussion because the guys had it at, at four o'clock when I wasn't online. But I look at my TIOS app and I can see when they're going into the office so I can book a desk near them, mm -hmm. you know, so, so that hybrid piece. So I want to be in tomorrow for a few hours, sit near my, my, my colleagues, near my team, um, stuff like that. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we do. We, we must have actually mentioned to our listeners that we were talking about this off mic. Everyone that I've spoken to has had some type of, <laughs> you know, sinuses or uh, now we're not saying that it, it was caused by ISE, but like when you're in a booth for a whole week talking, yeah. I like I, I did a lot of reports throughout ISE and I have to say my throat was killing me. Um, I don't know how you Absolutely. guys do it, Kevin. How do you, how do you do it for seven days? Oh, I don't know. I think when I came home on the Friday night, I think I just died. Uh, try, 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 try to be, death, yeah. try to be daddy, and also then you know, yeah, yeah, and then come back was... and just go. I need to sleep for a couple of days. Yeah. Oh well, I wasn't late. My seven-year-old woke me at ten, ten to seven, I think it was the next morning. She just, daddy, and it's like, oh, he is home, great. So I had to get up. Now, granted, I'm back to bed, but yes, it's uh, everyone. Everyone had colds and coughs coming home. Yeah. Now, <laughs> do. You, do you like the idea that it's back to February now uh, with with ISE? Uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed May, but I think we, with the you know with the global calendar with Infocom only a couple of weeks later, um, it seems to be a week or two earlier than than kind of 2019, 2020. I remember it finishing up around this time. This you know kind of, I think my wife came out in 2020 to Amsterdam, and that Friday or the Saturday was Valentine's Day. So yes, it, yeah. it does seem to have moved back a couple of weeks, which means, which meant for me anyway, my January was all consumed with ISE because as I mentioned earlier off mic, I was, I was involved with part of the setup. So my, my January was completely taken up with, with, uh, with ISE. Whereas at least if it's that two weeks later, you have a little bit more, more time to prepare.
it seemed that every stall, every booth was doing some type of happy hour on on the Tuesday. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I just was, noticed that. I was like, noise. you know, every, every booth that I was doing recordings at, it's like, do you want to stay for a drink? It's like, I can't. I have another recording to do. But uh, I did. <laughs> don't, don't don't get me wrong, listeners. I did have some some fun as well. But you being on a booth for the whole week, Kevin, you didn't really get to to tour around much of IAC. No, no. Unfortunately, I got I. Uh... My, my friends from NEC were right across from me. Uh, I had said hello to to a couple of the guys I know there and Barco were right beside me and Bestel behind me. And so, yeah, we were surrounded by uh, by friends from the industry. Friends and also competitors and trying to keep... Of course. Do you, do you, <laughs> like, we were just talking about this off mic. Did you find that it's, it seems like putting all, all the visual ones into one hall, does that work yeah. or do you think it, it'd be better... To, in, the, in, in a year's time, I hear Mike Blackburn is like going to talk about opening up two more halls in twenty twenty four. So yeah, I I don't know. I think it, I think it's good for um good for visitors, good for the integrators and and the end clients. So you know, I had a number of clients who came to me um who were doing kind of kind of researching for new buildings, for example. So mm-hmm. they came, had a chat with me, and and literally. They said we're 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 right across the road here with with NEC next, so it was ideal from that perspective. They could yeah, timetable there. For the their... likes of us, it, it it's great for walking around. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, it, it makes it easy. You can you can hit you can hit people almost by product set. Yes, yeah, yeah, that, and and possibly the the reason for it. Um, I see that some some people like spread out a bit, going, okay, are we trying to aim for education or are we trying to aim for for a different vertical and they can work mm-hmm. it that way. But it, again, it's the expense of having maybe two boots in, in two different locations or, you know, with, yeah. with that in, in mind, are you going to Infocom then? That's a good question. Um, I might be, you might be. <laughs> there was some, there was some, so, some talk that I might be, but uh, we'll, we'll watch this space. I'm not sure yet. I need to uh, talk to the boss and the real boss before I know that. <laughs> So no no hints of what's what's coming up in the next six or eight months then with Sony. Well, is it going to be more well, visual we'll or is we'll, it going to be more cameras? Can you go with even that much? No, there'll be there'll be there'll be a new range of our LFDs, uh, our large format displays, with massive improvements, increasing the range and improvements. And we we mentioned sustainability earlier. Uh, one of the things Sony did a few years ago was create this new product they call Sorplas. I can't remember what the acronym is, but effectively it's recycled and recyclable plastic. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, and it's also fire retardant, but we are increasing the usage of recycled material. So I think from 2018 to 2023, we've seen a 60% reduction on virgin plastics. So this new range that's coming out, will all use a common chassis across the three different models that'll be brought and it's all surplus. So wow. that's, that's one thing to, to keep an eye for. Well, I hope you do get over to Infocom. I'm, I'm, I'm keen to see what, what, uh, what happens now in the next six to eight months with, with Sony. Um, if people want to get in touch with you or uh, to find out the latest products of Sony, where, 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 where's the best place to go? Uh, yeah, so my, my email address is kevin.donnelly at sony.com. Uh, if they want to drop an email there or on LinkedIn, or uh, obviously pro.sony is the website. You can find most of the information there, but yeah, happy to happy for anyone to get in touch with me. Happy to happy to have a chat. And of course, being so busy, you didn't get a chance to to 
to celebrate your CTSD with the VIXA? Ah, I just about did. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay, I did very indeed, good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Up on. with Kevin again. Uh, Irish guy, usually uh, over in England a lot uh, for UK and Ireland. And it took me to go over to Barcelona to not get to Sony's booth, to come back to Ireland and to talk to Kevin about Sony. There you go. That's what we do on the All Things Techie podcast. Uh, we also talk to about control systems. And I caught up with Ed Qualls, who is involved and involved not just involved the founder and ceo of just add power have a listen to this and founded in 1992 by three employees i love this uh, description of this company three employees of ibm who are happy to shed their dark suits and red ties just add power is dedicated to doing a little bit differently instead of being consigned to the dustbin by pant obsolescence the company's high quality av over ip distribution solutions increase in value over time by offering new devices that are compatible with previous systems and providing free i love the word free free firmware updates when innovations break just add power respects the end users investment in their systems we are Delighted to have the CEO and founder of uh, Just Add Power, Ed Quells, here. Ed, welcome along to the program. Thank you, Justin. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us a bit about yourself. You know, I always, I always love to start off by saying, uh, how did you get into, involved in the world of AV? I know you say you're IBM, so you went from the tech world of IT into, into Just Add Power. Well, at the end of the day, I'm just uh, someone who likes to play with the toys. And uh, we all I love got to play with toys involved with um, <laughs> theater productions at the schools and at the churches. You had to get your hands on the AV gear. So I got plenty of uh, hands on practical experience. And when I saw how the worlds could play together, I just said, yeah, it makes sense. Let's do it. Now, no, uh, the world was a lot different back in 1992 when you probably started just at power. Yeah, we were more of an analog world back then, uh, VGA graphics and uh happy to find stereo audio yeah exactly yeah i do you remember those old vj cables with the little stereo 3.5 plug-in oh, yeah. on the side yeah <laughs> so you you've been doing a lot since um I, I i have to admire your website very easy very user-friendly to to navigate on with just add power that it's video over ip you just get your trans meter you can get your receiver you can use a network switch and away you go um aiming at like i i always thought like as, as an av guy and even a tech guy i always had this query of like how does hotels work where you know you you can you can select a load of channels and and so forth but watching watching your videos on on your on just had power just makes sense now yeah well, you know, that was one of our goals when we realized what, what made sense to an IT guy was threatening to an AV guy. How can we bridge to them and give them an easy way to move into it at the pace that feels comfortable for them? Yeah, because that you you just answered a question that's probably dawned the, uh, the AV world and social media for a long time is AVIT, ITAV. It's completely separate, I, I guess, in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no in between. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, at, at least I have someone that agrees with me. Like I'm a sound guy. I I I'm good with sound networking. Not as good. Um. So that's 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 where some of your products come in. Uh, doing 
doing just add power. You had do you had some great uh, new uh, toys at ISE. Um, so founded thirty years ago and strengthening just add powers VLAN and multicast switching protocol. TPing Links has has joined forces with you, and you're, you're offering uh, more on the TP network uh, switches. Tell us more. Uh, yes, um, we uh, TP Link uh, reached out to us and said they had lots of their customers who wanted to be able to use Just Add Power on their switch products, and we gladly worked with them. Um, they sent us samples. We pointed out to them where the switch wasn't performing adequately or was missing functionality. And they stepped to the plate and did everything that was necessary to make it be a top level performer right up there with all the other switches we recommend as, as best choices. Now, I love, your, I love your simplicity of your videos of how, how, your, how a network can work to just get so many different streams like even if we use the example of like tv broadcasts and tv channels in a hotel you're talking about just taking taking the feeds putting it into just one transmitter is it and then for each room you would have to have a receiver um with the network switch of course yeah that's a very simple description of our product you need a receiver for every tv and a transmitter for every source and the network in between with a little bit of smarts to route things in the right direction. Now, yeah, of course, when, with, the, with the smart, like, do you have your own version of a software behind the, your, your um, just add power to, to route everything? We offer a, um, a software control option for that works on Windows or Mac for people who don't have a control system in mind, but you know, a lot of the installers out there are, um, and passionate about a control system that they're able to leverage for their business. And we've, as far as I know, support every control system on the planet. Now, also you uh, you were, uh, brought a couple of uh, new products, including the new 4K60 Max Color Series 2. Um, tell us a bit more about these new products. Okay, well, last year at ISE, we uh, launched the Max Color Series, uh, which handles that high-end, 4K60, 444 video standard. I, I sort of like to call it the unicorn at times because it's beautiful, but it's hard to find one. It's to find a, a video content at that level is very difficult. Mm -hmm. But when you can find it or generate with a computer, we're now able to support that. Um, and we did have some higher end medical applications or some uh, sports historical groups who really know that they need as much detail and data for future. So we stepped up to the plate and then um, we had people say, that's great, Ed, but we also want to be able to do uh, KVM over IP on it. Or can you hook to a um, fiber optic switch? So that's what we did with Max 2, which was added USB over IP support and um, fiber connections, but it's, it's still compatible with the Max Color 1. And we're going to come out with more Max Color products this over the years. I've got a whole roadmap of all the things we want to add, but they will all play together and never leave anyone behind. Well, and that's the key thing, not leaving one one behind. Uh, you you talk about uh, and very much so on your on your website that you you work with everyone. You work with all the different control panels. But I I like the fact that as an end user, you might not even need the control panel like the Crestrons, like the Kramers, like the TP. Like so, you could pretty much use software if you wanted to route 
Yeah, Child we offer a few software operations that will let you use your, your mobile device or, or a laptop to control your AV network. Which is super – because I, I say the popularity of your product. It's the fact that we know in the AV industry the big guns, the Crestrons, et cetera, there's been supply chain issues – all the time so like if i was trying to if i was working in higher ed for example and trying to to root stuff a lot of the time i'd be told okay i need a, a cluster on nvx in each room sending and receiving but they're not in stock <laughs> you 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 guys can be the in-between to, to for these routing type of scenarios yeah we um have gotten through the uh, chip shortage um and it's i have to say it was entirely due to my greed um uh, i learned a long time ago that uh, when you buy chips if you buy more they give you a better price <laughs> that's a good good lesson to learn and i'm guessing that comes from an it guy that's been in the the business for years and years right and then I looked at it from the perspective of I've designed something and the chips don't go bad on the shelf. So it doesn't matter if I have a two year supply or a three year supply of a certain chip on the shelf, it's not going to go bad. And literally you can cut your savings in half or more. It can be a major uh, impact on your, your operation, uh, maintaining profitability. So my uh, business acumen said buy low and get them as many as you can. And then when the COVID kicked in, it's like, oh, I've got all the chips. <laughs> well, I, I always say that like the, the between chips and webcams was the two things that you could really um, have made a lot of money on during during the COVID crisis. Um, so like, I, 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 I just love the implementation um, that you have, even on your website, how, how simple it is because a lot of a lot of end users will go. What do I need? Like, surely this is going to take a lot of hardware to to get things done. And even your your image on your website is just the source, the transmitter, the switch, the receiver, and the display. It's 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 that straightforward. That's that's really all there is to it. Yeah. Now the great thing is you offer a lot of support and training as well, um, on your on your site. Compared to your competitors, we don't need to name your competitors again, where you, you know, if you're looking for training, it's nearly like you have to know the Masonic handshake to get onto training <laughs> courses. You're offering this online and um, in office and, and free of charge. Yes, uh, you know, we have a, a lot of online offerings that are both, uh, you know, some of them are um, like video based tutorials and others are uh, more written material to work through projects. Um, our class, uh, in Florida, and our headquarters is always a popular item uh, to get people in there. And uh, we just this last month introduced a, a mobile training option where um, we sent a trainer out with a full classroom set of equipment to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, the whole day oh, uh, training out there. Oh wow, fantastic! Yeah, nice he's going to be in Texas. <laughs> that's 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 fantastic. Um, do you do you reach out to a lot of higher ed, or what's what's your main target audience? <laughs> well, that's always a challenge because I still we don't know where ninety percent of the product we've built has landed. Really? Wow. That's the installers and dealers are very hush hush. They like to keep their client list uh, quiet. 
But every now and then, like, we'll get a phone call for support from someone like, you know, Disney or Universal Studios or... Drop the big names, okay. Drop the big names there, Ed, you know, Disney and so forth, yeah. Well, it's not, it's not, it's the truth. It is the truth, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like... I I have to laugh like the 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 shape of the box. If I see that picture as a graphic, I I would always think of of your competitors. But the fact is, you know, as an end user, people don't care what type of box it is so long as it does the job intended. And um, what what I always ask this question amongst CEOs and founders: What is a case study that you've done? With with um, just that power that you just went, wow! I'm, I'm I know you mentioned Disney there before, but is there anyone that really stands out in your mind? Well, there's. It's interesting. I mean, one of the most just blow your mind implementations that you wouldn't think of was the uh, Australian Navy search for uh, Malaysia Airlines Flight Three Seventy. Wow! They, you guys were involved in that. Yes, uh, the submersible on that with the cameras and everything um, was remotely controlled over a like a five mile uh, fiber optic umbilical and inside the sub were just at powered devices controlling the submarine and the cameras and everything. That is incredible. And then up on the ship, they had, I think, like eight stations where people could manage different components, eight different, eight different operators could be managing the sub. So, I mean, so we own the global market for deep sea submersible, you know, searches for airplanes, but it's not a big market. <laughs> but it's still, it's still like, I think yeah. that is a story to tell people. But that same text used like in hospitals and um, where I think it was in Tokyo where they're using a, they just had power devices to control the PTC cameras in the operating rooms to where a one surgeon can be consulting with four or five operating rooms at the same time. Wow. That, that, again, incredible. And, 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 you know, I love those type of case uses for AV where you're talking about recovery and where, where you're talking about health issues that like people helping people yeah. is, is a great, you know, like we all, we all see the, or and hear about in, in, AV press releases and magazines about oh the Disney's and so forth and look at look at what these different companies have done but that those are real stories to tell and very impressive um as well so if if someone wanted to get, uh, start off um what would be the this the basic starter pack it's, it's, it is to just the transmitter and the receiver you you do also say in your training that um you need to get a couple of bits of components and then you can do the remote course as well. Yes, and uh, we offer a um, actually a kit that can for, for for training where they can borrow it for like a month and it goes right. along with the classes and it has all the pieces they need in there other than their own TVs and sources. And of course you have UK and Ireland distributors. I've I've always wondered like where where would be the nearest distributor for just that power. So you're you're based in UK and Ireland as well. Yeah, yeah, we have a, a stocking warehouse in Malvern, and um, and also in uh, the, in Europe, uh, out of uh, Germany, uh, Purelink has a uh, stocking warehouse there too. So we have lots of product right there on your side of the pond. Now, I, I say it's it's you you the, the answer is probably it depends what you're trying to stream. But how how good of a switch do you need to have, or do you do you favor certain switches with just ad power, or kind of work across any? Uh, switch. Well, 
almost any switch can do something. Mm -hmm. But if you're wanting to do a whole lot of things, very quickly, the uh, the the weaker or less intelligent switches will bog down and suddenly the video will just not work. Um, that's where when we move in what they call, you know, the layer three or smart switches or managed switches, they've got the, the uh, capacity to segment the traffic and keep everything flowing smoothly. They, they have more bandwidth. I, I, so, I, 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 I like to, I, I'm actually looking at a picture of one of your, your 3G uh, AVP rack mountable transmitter. And like, it's, it's neat. It's, it's, it's about probably only one, one U, is it? It's it, one that, U. And that's three sources. We also have a one U that's four sources. Uh, so literally, you can. It's it's four, four four inputs, and then of course with the network, you can you can stream it out as many places and destinations as you want with with the AV over IP. Right, and it lets you lock it down cleanly in the rack. It's a beautiful system. Um, so I have to always ask. Uh, and of course, we can sign the NDAs later on, Ed. But I, I guess with Infocom just around the corner now after ISE, have you any new toys that's coming out for for Infocom that weren't wasn't that ISE? Yeah, um, we talked about this at ISE. What was coming next um, for the Max Color World? We're going to have a um, integrated Tyler. That way they can watch four things at once on one screen or or more or in rearrange and customize the tiles and everything. So, and, and and that would that will work off the same type of uh, systems. Is is that going to be software based or is it more? Well, it's hardware based. It, it'll be just like the three G Tyler. Mm -hmm. It'll just be something for the Max Color World. Wow. That, yeah. That it's a, it, I really like the, these products. Um, you do. You also do video walls. So would that would you would need a couple of these three G? Um, to... Well, yeah, video walls built into all of our receivers. That that's just every one of them can be a video wall device. That's 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 incredible. If 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 more if people want to find out more about just add power, apart from you, you say you have UK and Ireland offices, you have offices around the globe. Where, where's the best place to to find out about? Well, justadpower.com would be a good place to start. <laughs> I have to say, an excellent insight with how it works. Like a lot of a lot of a lot of companies don't actually put the basic information there. How it works for for the for the end user to just go, all right, okay, I get this. You know, <laughs> like especially when when I was over at ISE, there was a lot of um, new. Visual broadcasts, XOR reality, uh, TV studios was a big thing at ISE. But sometimes I just want to go, I want to see behind the hood. I want to see actually how this actually works rather than, you know, blowing my mind with the LEDs. Well, I want to get my hand on some of those see-through clear displays. Yes. Is that something that really blew your mind off? I'm intrigued by that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you even get a, get time to go around all the booths, Ed? No, luckily from the entrance to my booth, uh, that was along the path. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people said the exact same thing. Like when, and also, and um, I know I, I was talking to Peter um, at ISE as well. Your throat dries up. Like I don't know, was that, that this is my first year in Barcelona? I I, I had been in Amsterdam and arrived 
previously before COVID. But I just found that like it was a very dry hold and my God, you lose your voice after day one. Next year, try more sangria. Hmm. <laughs> that might that might work too. <laughs> that might work too. Ed, I, I really appreciate you spending some time and 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 talking to me about Just Add Power. I I think it's a great product. I think it like I I actually could find very similar uses for things in 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 my higher ed, especially when there's a shortage of demand or a shortage of stock with your competitors. This this really could get around um, some scenarios that w we have. And it's hard to distinguish competitors from collaborators because some of the big companies are it's telling their people, if you need video, go with Just Add Power. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that you're, you're wor working across uh, all the major control panels and touchpads, you know, it, 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 it makes sense that you can, you can integrate uh, this in, especially when it's AV over IP. Um, if, if people want to reach out to you, it's as just had powers.com is the, the, the main site, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing you, you, you also are, are available to for people to ask questions to as well. Well, if anyone looks at our website, it's real easy to figure out everyone's email address, you know, and I'm Ed at justedpower.com. Well, that's all I have time for for this episode of the All Things Techie podcast. I hope you have enjoyed the program. Don't forget you can like, comment, subscribe, share, tell all your friends if you to uh, download our podcast from wherever you get your podcast. We are also on YouTube. This is how you get us on YouTube. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode. All Things Techie Podcast. Yes, you can find us on YouTube as well. And please click that subscribe button when Nini at 5,000 subscribers, which is absolutely awesome. We have some swag to give away as well. So if you are uh, ever interested in getting some stickers or some pin badges with All Things Techie logo on it, please do get in contact with the program as well. From me, Justin Dawson, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching if you're watching us on YouTube. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the All Things Techie podcast. Thank you for tuning in to All Things Techie Podcast, part of the Extreme Media Network. Follow us on Twitter at AV Tech Junkies. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch our show on YouTube by visiting youtube.com forward slash at Justin underscore or underscore Dawson. Previous episodes of our show can be found on our official site, www.allthingstech.ie. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie.